Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest, and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. Welcome to Tony's Game Lounge, a weekly podcast that covers gaming news, upcoming releases, and topics from all aspects in the gaming industry. Kick back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tony's Game Lounge. I'm your host, as always, Tony Erickson, and joining me this week, uh, we have a very special guest, and I'll let him introduce himself. Oh, okay, I guess that's me. Uh, hi, everybody, my name is Savik, I'm an SA2 speedrunner, and Tony asked me to join him for this episode. Yeah, I did. How you doing? Not bad. Well, that's good to hear. Well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, because you're brand new here, we get to start off with the startup screen where we ask you your favorite game, favorite game character, and favorite game soundtrack. Oh, boy. All right. I, I, I was not aware that there was going to be homework for this, so I didn't prepare <laughs> an answer for this question. So you're getting, you're really putting me on the spot here. Um, so I, I feel like favorite so his favorite game favorite character and favorite soundtrack yes okay so favorite game super smash brothers melee Ooh, good one um favorite game character is probably shadow the hedgehog okay and favorite game soundtrack i think has to go to celeste Ooh, that's a good one that's i think uh when we had torp on torp also gave the soundtrack to celeste if i'm remembering correctly it's goaded, dude. It, I need to. I still need to play Celeste. Like it's on. I, it's on my list of like games I need to play, and it's just I'm playing. I I got addicted to the new Story of Seasons Harvest Moon game, mm. so that's kind of taken over my life a bit. Um, but I need to get Celeste and plow through that and just enjoy it while I still can. It's honestly one of the greatest uh, gaming experiences I've had in the past, like, five years free. It's, like, Ooh. a masterpiece of a game, and the music is incredible. Yeah, I've seen, I think I've seen a couple, I think I saw Speedrun one year at GDQ for it. I can't mm. remember which The run one. is actually unreal if you watch, like, TGH do it. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, well, that's the startup screen. Uh, I'm sorry, the archive. Uh, we're going to move okay. on to the startup screen, which is a little topic that we go right before uh, we jump into everything else in the podcast. And in speedrunning news, actually, uh, the Super Mario Bros., the OG classic 2D side-scroller, has a new world record for the speedrun. Uh, the original speedrun done in two, 4 minutes, 55 seconds, is now a second shorter, well, like 10 seconds, 10 one tenth of a second shorter at four fifty four uh nine four uh for the new world record and this is after two years of it being called almost like a perfect speed run and so what are you what are your thoughts on this so my thoughts were first of all i have to watch this run because i need to figure out where they found time safe because i agree i had heard I thought they pretty much matched the tasks, so I don't know what the heck they found that could save an entire second, or the bigger question for me is, does it save more than a second, and did this run have a mistake in it? Oh. Um, so, is there more time saved to be had? Are we looking at another world record? I don't know. I don't know enough about the game and what they found, because I have to watch this. Thankfully, it's not a huge time investment. I only have to watch a five-minute run, not even. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, I, I wish I knew what they found. Yeah, I, I, I was watching it a bit earlier, and from the looks of it, it was like he was like dead, dead even going like basically split for split until like I want to say it was like the between the third and fifth split of the run, and he's like minus point zero point one. So it's like mm. minus like a second, and then it's back even until like the very end where it's like then he, where he hits the time it's 54 and not 55 and it's like but it's like point seconds off so it's while it's not that much of an improvement it's still like just a few milliseconds of huh. an improvement and it's wild to see i'm just gonna have to see some youtuber break this down for me explain yeah. it to the casual audience that doesn't know high level mario gameplay and tell me why this is a big deal, what they found, or is this just a better execution of known strats? Because that's what it sounds like. Yeah, I think that from the looks of it, it seems that way. But yeah, definitely like having somebody who knows this like point for point, pixel for pixel would be ideal. And uh, this brings up the question of, because of this, do we think that this can be lowered even more possibly? Yeah, I mean, like, that comes back to what I said earlier. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Did they find a new strat, or was this just better gameplay? Now, to my understanding with this game, it's time to the full second. So in order to get a better time, it sounds like this wasn't even a full second better. It sounds like it was, like, you know, tenths of a second better that got rolled over to the next lowest second. So finding another entire second in an already nearly flawless run is not going to happen, in my opinion, without a new strat. So if we don't have one, then I'm not seeing it happening because the tasks, I'm pretty sure, I think they might be tied with it now. Yeah. Has has that has being tied with a task in a player actually ever happened for like any other games that you know of? Um, Not for like a, a main game that I know of anyway. It's mostly like retro stuff like Mario. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine it. It's it's too hard, and it's gonna it's gonna have to be a short run. Yeah, that that's definitely the other thing too. Is like the shorter the run, the e- I, the shorter the run, the easier it would be to tie a task run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's cool to see, and uh, it's definitely really dope to see something like that come out in like modern time, which is really dope. Um, and. Uh, can't wait to see what other things this will spawn within that Mario Bros. community. Uh, moving on, it's uh, time to take a look back at the major headlines and what happened this past week in the gaming world. It is the Week in Review. The Week in Review. A look back at the top headlines and stories from the world of gaming. And this past week in review, we had some of the games that came out. Uh, we had Lost Words, Beyond the Page, Oddworld Soulstorm finally hitting the PlayStation 5 as one of the big games that they've been uh, putting out for that console. And Say No More, a game where you are working in your office building and you're fed up with all the shit and you just say no to everybody and send them flying with the ragdoll physics that they put in that game oh yeah i think i remember seeing the uh the ad for that when it was like gosh where was it? i think it was at a direct was it was it announced at a, i feel like it might have been and i don't even remember it but i, I looked at the 
the PC, uh, the Steam trailer that was just on its page, and I'm like, oh, this is hilariously fu- funny. I definitely remember this, yeah. like the description you're giving of it. Yeah, it's it definitely looks cool. It was the game to look out for last week because of just like the ridiculous concept that it has, and so. Uh, of course, check it out. Check those games out if you have the time. As for the news this past week, EA has secured an exclusive deal with the Masters for their next PGA Tour game, uh, revealing that hey, they're coming back into the golf scene to compete with 2Ks now. Uh, however, we still do not have a release window yet, but I'm excited for this because. Uh, the Tiger Woods PGA Tour games, I grew up with those, and I played the heck out of them. <laughs> like, the only sports game I ever really touched and went into that wasn't, like, a Mario sports game. Yeah, I was going to say, I played a lot of Mario Golf, but, I mean, the I imagine the mechanics are probably a little bit... Um, what's a nice way of putting this? Dumbed down for the uh, wider audience? <laughs> yeah, that's very much so. Like, I think the early Tiger Woods games, 2004 and 2005 specifically, are actually fairly easy to get because it's just, you have the, you bring the control thumbstick back, swing it forward to swing, and you can put on the, the curves if you need to, and there's a button for topspin and backspin on it as well. Uh, fun fact, uh, because it actually times out with some current events, uh, Tiger Woods 2004 was also my introduction to DMX, uh, because his oh. Party Up was uh, the opening. Whenever you loaded up Tiger Woods 04, it would play Party Up with the opening cinematic that they had. And so uh, this brings up because at the time of this recording, DMX recently passed away yeah. at the age of 50 and rest in peace, you legend. Uh, massive Fs in the chat. Massive the chat. Fs, yeah. Massive Fs. Massive. Uh, but yeah, that's the PGA Tour. Um, in Genshin Impact slash Twitter news, uh, the fans have started some hashtags on the Twitter because, of course, they have. Um, but this time, instead of simping over whatever new character has come out, um, it's uh, hashtag boycott Genshin Impact, which is how it started because... What? Yeah, so it it had something to do with like the one of the new character designs and like the lands that they were going to be exploring in future updates being partially like people calling it a bit racist from indigenous points of view. Uh and the hilly churls looking like indigenous people. That was the bit. That's what it was. That's what it was. Are you and, kidding? What? Yeah. I see this. <laughs> uh but then uh when the people who started this didn't actually boycott the game and because they were still playing it, they changed it to hashtag do better mihoyo. Mm. Uh, so that's really what it is. It's more of them just making their complaints about the game and what they should do to change certain things. And that's kind of what it changed to. And it's good old Twitter being Twitter, honestly, at this okay. point in time. Uh, in Battle Royale news, now that Mario 35 is dead and gone, uh, the next one has emerged in, in the form of Pac-Man 99 and is out now. Uh, so now you and 98 other Pac-Mans can eat ghosts and try to kill your enemies just like so. And it's pretty cool. I haven't tried it out yet because, again, I've been busy with Harvest Moon. <laughs> yeah, I have not tried it. Uh, it looks cool, but uh, again, how long will it actually last before it kind of goes into like the back thing, like where Tetris 99 is now, where it's just like not as talked about, still played, but just 
not really as hype. Uh, in Animal Crossing news, Animal Crossing and the Build-A-Bear collaboration is now live. So now uh, if you have a significant other who is absolutely still playing that game every day of this goddamn year, uh, you can now get them a real-life Tom Nook that they can punch when he says that you owe him bells. Or whatever you want to get them. There's like I think there's an Isabella Tom Nook and I think a couple villagers. I'm not exactly remembering which ones, but wow, yeah. I mean, like my my desire to punch Tom Nook is incredibly high, <laughs> but, but I'm I, I'm reluctant to purchase such a product because that would require giving money to Animal Crossing and by association Tom Nook, and I cannot do that. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the cycle continues. Uh, if I'm also remembering correctly, you can place orders online to go into stores to pick them up or whatever it was. But there is an online functionality of like a waiting list or some sort of thing like that. Um, in E3 news, E3 2021 is going to be all virtual this year. And it will be from June 12th to June 15th. Uh, so we have that to look forward to uh, come June. And I always look forward to it because it's always right before my birthday. So it's a good time for me because it's just like, ooh, what's going to come out this year? <laughs> I always look forward to E3. I'm like, all right, there's got to be something big. I mean, I know Nintendo's not really going to show anything there. but um, I think we might other... get a, a character reveal this year at E3, possibly. Maybe, but I feel like they usually do their own treehouse thing. Yeah, they always do. That's like Nintendo's like gone virtual like since the past what three four years now yeah they do their own thing yeah like the last in-person presentation i remember nintendo doing was when they announced the wii u wow that, that's <laughs> the last one i remember them doing and that was also my first e3 i ever tuned into as well which was because i think we had it recorded on the tv as well back when it was like aired on the television it was wacky it was shows how much has changed over the time. Mm. Well, I'm I'm hopeful for E3 to be good this time. I mean, they've certainly let me down quite a few in the past, but I'm always hopeful that there's going to be something good. Uh, going with an open mind. Yeah, open mind is always nice for those events. Uh, in big celebrities going to Twitch, Jimmy Fallon is the latest in this trend to stream, of course, Among Us with. Like Valk, I think it was with uh, Valkyrie Corpse and who was I can't remember who the third one is. It was either like Toast or Sykuno, I think. Um, and they streamed uh, Among Us on Twitch uh, April sixth. They also had like a couple members of the Roots there and a few other celebrities there as well. It's everybody's picking up after that. Uh, ever since AOC started that trend. <laughs> I mean, hey, I remember here in Canada, uh, Jagmeet Singh streamed with AOC that one time. That was kind of neat. <laughs> That's that was that was also like when I saw that one. Like I got I get the message from my brother. He's like, hey, you, the the leader of the NDP is uh, playing Among Us right now with AOC. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it I was, mean, it, it was it worked. It, people, yeah. people tuned in. People tuned in. Like they they get a lot of trap. They get a lot of viewership. So it's. But it's wild to see. It's just so mind-boggling like to see. Politicians, that. celebrities, they're catching on, and that this is like the best way to actually connect with people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just sh Among Us is like such a raw game, and you really get to see like what someone's personality is like as they're. Well, I guess kind of like 
yelling at, <laughs> at their fellow players, you know? Yeah. Just having like a politician get a chance to actually show their humanity is so important. So, I mean, I'm happy that a lot of them are, are really mm-hmm. catching on to that. Yeah, absolutely. It's very important, especially when you, your government is in a minority and an election can happen at any time. Uh, moving on, uh, Microsoft signed a $22 billion dollar contract for the u.s army for hololens gear um this was currently a bit there was a bid with like a 10-year bid for this uh project uh and microsoft are now the developers they will be developing some ar training gear for the military and about one hundred twenty thousand devices will be developed uh over the next 10 years for this project which is really dope and kind of really cool to see that being used for something practical as the military. Uh, for some modding news, Valheim, the very popular game that's out right now, is has a VR mod in beta stages currently. So now you can play that game in VR, which is pretty cool. Uh, in movie news, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children is getting a 4K remaster and is being released on June 8th. Did you watch the original Advent Children Savic? Amazingly, I actually didn't. Really? I'm very much not on the FF7 bandwagon. I happen to think it's not one of the better Final Fantasies in the series, but that is a whole nother issue. <laughs> I mean, my my friend Zach has the exact same opinion. Like he's right, not it's... he's not on the Final Fantasy ba- like he thinks that there's a lot of other better Final Fantasy games and I definitely agree with that like Final Fa- the remake was my first Final Fantasy game so I haven't oh really I ha- yeah wow. like I have That's not even the full game yeah I know yeah I ha- and I have played like the first couple hours of fifteen. And that's really my Final Fantasy. All right, game my extension. recommendation if you like old JRPGs is to try Final Fantasy VI. It is pretty much that and Chrono Trigger, like the greatest RPGs ever on the uh, Super NES. Yeah. So I've heard a lot of good things about VI, and I definitely will, when I'm ready to jump into another long RPG, definitely invest my time into that. Uh, in board card games coming to the console, Exploding Kittens, uh, the popular card game is now on the Switch. Uh, In delayment news, Deathloop has once again been delayed. This time, the new release date is September 14th. Uh, Have you been following a little bit of Deathloop at all, Savik? Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, this is... uh, I've kind of been following it. It looks like a really dope uh, first-person shooter. Um, But, yeah, we're going to be... Probably, I, I don't, I want to say it probably won't get delayed again, but honestly, it's good chance it might. I feel like we might get the cyberpunk treatment with this game of like just delayment wise. I don't know if, how gameplay at all, but hope it's good. I really hope it's good. I mean, like if they're going to do the cyberpunk treatment to it, like at least if they're going to delay it, just delay it enough to release a product that actually works. Cyberpunk came out with lots and lots of bugs. Yeah. Got a horrible rep for it. They just released a patch note that has like a longer, like it's literally the text is longer than like the opening to a star Wars movie. (laughs) And that just goes to show how many things were actually wrong with the game. I think it's playable now, but Oh 
Yeah, it's, it's getting more playable as the days come on, but, like, who's still going to play it now? That's the other thing. Like, the hype for the game, like, do you still do we still see people talking about that game? Not really. I mean, if they put it on sale, I'll buy it. Yeah, I think that's probably what they got to do, but I feel like they're going to wait until the game's fixed before they do that, even. Which is honestly probably a smart tactic for them to do, is to wait for the game to be more playable before they put it on sale. Uh, in more gaming show news, the PC gaming show hosted by PC Gamer, the online website and magazine, is returning as well for June 13th. And Neo, The World Ends With You, has a release date for July 27th. Um, so, which is really cool. I still need to play the first one, and I know it's on the Switch, so I do want to cop that sometime, so that way I can be ready for the sequel. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, into the world of TCG for the draw of the deck, uh, your TCG news of the week. For Pokemon, Chilling Rain is still set for the next expansion in the TCG. That comes out June 18th. Nothing really new has been announced for it. Uh, last week, we got the the what the uh, the packages are going to look like. We have uh, Glacetree, uh, the Calyrex, Glacier, and Spectrier combos, as well as the Galarian Kanto birds as well and they look pretty dope in the world of Yu-Gi-Oh! the ocg booster dawn of majesty comes out april 17th it's getting closer and we got some first images for the number complete files for the ocg as well which will be adding 147 ur cards uh with 127 of those being just regular urs and special reprints and the World Championships for Yu-Gi-Oh! has been officially canceled. And for Magic the Gathering, no new news this week, but I'm sure we'll hear something next week as uh, the most recent news in the Magic the Gathering scene is the uh, plagiarism art that uh, the one contract artist with uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, has been going through. Uh, for the Dice is Right in Tabletop News, the American Tabletop Awards uh, just finished up this past week, and we have some winners for the Early Gamers Award. It is Abandon All Artichokes. The Best Casual Game went to The Crew, The Quest for Planet Nine. Uh, the Best Strategy Game went to Calico. And The Best Complex Game went to Domination's Road to Civilization. And that is the week in review. Uh, that is all the news that I was able to find uh, this past week. Uh, moving on to the games that are going to be coming out this upcoming week. Here are the games that should be on your radar. From AAA titles to upcoming indies, here's what should be on your radar. And coming out this next week, nothing on Monday. On Tuesday, however, Poison Control makes its way to the PlayStation 4 and Switch. Demon Skin comes to PC. And Final Fantasy XIV goes into open beta for the PlayStation 5, adding another uh, console to that MMO's regime. Nothing comes out on Wednesday, but on Thursday, Ashwalkers hits the PC, and Saga Frontier Remastered, which was shown off in the most recent Nintendo Direct, or that RP... the... yeah. Yeah, it was the most recent one, because it was RPG-heavy. Uh, that comes out for the PlayStation 4, Switch, PC, and the mobile devices. And lastly, on Friday, Tribal Pass comes to all of the consoles. And that's everything that comes out this week. It's an extremely short and small week for video games. Any thoughts, Savik? 
Um, couple thoughts. One, apparently this past week was like jam packed. That was a surprising amount of video game news for a single week. So, kudos to you for finding all of that. Thank you. I use I go on. Uh, I think I think I use like two to three sites. I use Polygon, IGN, and uh, PC Gamer to get collect all my news. Ah, so apparently PC Gamer definitely had news about PC Gamer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they definitely did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Color me surprised. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts about the games coming out this week? Um. Oh, man, you're really putting me on the spot on this one. I mean, not, <laughs> not necessarily any, like, big thoughts. I mean, I can't really see myself buying, like, any uh, up-and-coming games right now. I'm pretty big on not buying new games in general because there's nothing seems to interest me. I don't know. Maybe that's because I'm an old man now, but <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm just haven't like bought anything. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing this week stands out. I think the next game I know I'm buying, doesn't come out until the end of the month and that's new Pokemon snap. And like, that's the, I think that's the next game I'm going to be buying unless I see something on sale for the PlayStation store. But that's really if, mm. I definitely thought about the Pokemon Snap thing, but oh man, I don't know. They're going to charge full price for oh, that. Oh yeah, you absolutely know they are. And because I'm a sucker, I'm going to buy it. See, you are you are the reason that they're able to get away with this. Yeah, I know. I am fully aware of that, and I do apologize for that as well, but it's... I can't help myself sometimes. Um, but uh, that's uh, the recap of the week. It's time to move on to what we're discussing this week. With, uh, in the game lounge. Here is the week, this week in the lounge. This week in the game lounge, Tony covers a variety of topics with his weekly guest. And this week in the game lounge, uh, Savik, you want to start us off with our first topic? Um, okay, so I gave you two topics. Is uh, The first one is the one that I actually had come up with yes. originally. Okay, so the first topic is um Savik's toxicity in the sonic adventure 2 battle community yeah so let's start off let's give a bit of a backstory for this so that way we um, know okay. where this all so, started um so i mean in terms of a backstory so i'm i'm known to be one of the more toxic people in the community but it's not truly toxicity it's more um as, as it's been put to me abrasiveness or being direct i don't sugarcoat things I'm if I if I have something to say, I just say it. But so I've had people like I'll come into their stream and they're like, oh, no, Savix here. Please don't roast me. Please don't flame me. Oh, no. And just like I just I'm just trying to come in here. I just want to watch like I'm not coming in here to flame you. I don't flame just to flame. I, I also generally will not do this to a new runner for multiple reasons. One, it's not the reason that I'm doing it in the first place. But two, I'm not going to try and, you know, turn a new runner off of the game by telling them everything that I think that they're doing wrong. That's not what I'm doing it for in the first place. And that's not why I would want to do it. I want to make so so the reason that I do this, first of all, is if I personally think that somebody's not playing to their potential and that they can be doing something better, I'm not gonna just be like, oh good job. Yeah. Like I'm gonna tell them that I think that they're doing something wrong. If I don't think they're practicing like efficiently or effectively, I'm going to tell them if they did a, a really bad decision that cost them their run, I'm going to tell them and people will take that as toxicity because I'm very blunt about it because I don't 
care to sugarcoat it. Maybe that's because of my background, but I just won't. Like for for your viewers, um, so um, I'm a uh, resident physician. So as part of my role doing that, you have to break bad news to a patient. And, you know, when you're giving like a really bad diagnosis to a patient, nobody appreciates if you beat around the bush with it. You just tell them their diagnosis. Like, obviously, you know, you set up the room, you sit down with them, you get eye to eye with them, but you just tell them you don't you don't beat around the bush. Yeah. Every single patient is going to get pissed off if you do that. Just tell it like it is. And that's what I do with runners as well. I just tell it like it is. And a lot of people are put off by that. And that's fine. But that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. If you're doing something that I think is wrong, I'm going to tell you. So people think that that's toxic. And maybe it is. But even if it is, I'm still going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I, I feel like being blunt is always definitely the better way to go about things. Like, I do my best to try to be blunt about things, but it, can, it I feel like it can be hard at times. Like, when you're not, it, it's not ingrained in your brain to constantly be blunt. Like, like you said, you like you, with your background, it's much easier for you to do that than it is to sugarcoat things. Yeah. And I mean, like I for, also, I just don't have the time <laughs> to, to sugarcoat in my line of work. Yeah. That like, I've got to get in there, tell what I need, like say to the patient what I need to say and then get out of there. So, um, it, it's really like ingrained into me at this point, but um, like, I, I don't think I'm doing somebody any favors if I just encourage their incorrect decision making. Once somebody's been playing the game long enough that I think that they can take it, I'm going to tell them like it is just straight up. Like there's seasoned runners that I will just sit and complain at them in their chat if they're doing something that I think they could be doing better. Mm -hmm. and I think we, I, with, uh, especially with the SA2 community, cause I've been witnessing things from the past while, like one of the big ones right now that you've been uh telling them directly is of, i think we all know is uh mr af wagers okay so this has actually been one of the greatest things to happen in this community for multiple reasons so, so to give people a background af wagers is um one of the larger and more active sa2 streamers right now he's got a very nice looking stream um but see there's a few different play styles in sonic adventure 2 battle one of them is treasure hunting and he's very very bad at it because he's neglected treasure hunting and so he managed to get an honestly impressive time for somebody who can't hunt at all. And I've been like letting him have it. Like I've just been telling him nonstop about how bad he is at hunting and he needs to practice. And finally, I happened to witness probably the worst death chamber, which is one of the hunting stages that I've ever seen. Certainly for somebody who has a 25 minute hero story run. And so I reacted to it live on my stream and highlighted it and it's been viewed multiple times and i think now throwing a run in death chambers is called pulling a wagers and in addition i've decided a i'm using this to motivate him to actually learn the stage which is only going to help him progress as a runner and b i am now helping the leaderboard because i have now put a bounty on his head <laughs> and if anybody beats his time and knocks him down on the leaderboard. I will gift them a sub to anyone they want. I've already gifted one sub for this. Oh my god. As of last night, the first one was claimed. Oh, who was so it? Congrats to Tethys Persevere for being the first person 
to get the wagers bop. The wagers bop. Oh my god. So I'm I'm improving the top fifty in Hero Story just because everybody wants to knock him down a peg. My god. Is that toxic? Maybe, but it's making the game leaderboard better and I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I talked to wagers he's fine with it too okay. it gives motivation you know what? i think that's good i think that like as long as it's able to motivate the person in question like that's good i feel like i feel i i, I de- he definitely needs to practice more like uh especially death chamber like i think that one day that we were all in the vc of m's discord we were watching wagers and I think we were able to convince him to start doing some de- death chamber practice, and he actually so did he's, it. He's uh, he's doing his homework, sort of. He did um, three times twenties this week. Oh wow! Yeah, he did. He did two of them last night, actually. Wow, good um, for so him. I haven't had a chance to look at them. I was getting DMs from people about it, letting me know that he was playing it badly. <laughs> but um, I mean, I'm just happy that he's doing it. I'm not going to be like, oh, fuck you, you're bad at Death Chamber. Like, no, that's the, the whole entire point is that he's playing it to get better at it. People think I flame to flame. No, I don't. <laughs> I want people to get better. And this is the way to do it. I'm I'm just going to tell them if you suck, I'm going to tell you that you suck. But I'm going to tell you how to not suck. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing. I told him exactly what he needs to do to progress as a runner. And he's doing it. But it's going to take some time because he's neglected it for like a year. Uh, yeah, very much so. Uh, on the topic of uh, flaming to flame, I think we should also talk about uh, your most recent diss track that you dropped. <laughs> oh baby, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, so, really? what do you want to know about this track? So l- let's just let's just start from the beginning about this track, the Emerald diss track. Uh, okay, so <laughs> so as so Emerald's chat is uh, one of the places where I'm the most famous for flaming. Uh, because Emerald is a very skilled runner. There's very, like, generally he's going to be good at the game. There's going to be some discreet things, small things generally, that he's going to mess up. And I'll tell him, I will call him out on these things. Most notably the fact that he was probably the worst City Escape skip performer in the entire top 20 by a wide margin. Um, he has since fixed it. Yeah. Maybe because I've been yelling at him so much <laughs> and I made an emote to make fun of it. But, um... Yeah, at one point I just I'm just like, you know what? I'm about to drop the Emerald Diss track. And I I said it completely as a joke. But people people got on board. They thought it was funny and they're like, "Wait, when are you dropping the Emerald Diss track?" And I'm like, "Oh gosh, okay. I guess I got to do this now." Yeah, cuz this isn't also this isn't the first tr- diss track you've released either. You've released the one. Yeah, you've released one for your, your community, the Shack. The, the I did. So uh pinned on my youtube it is so go check the, that video out and also go check out the emerald diss track uh but back to the conversation so making yeah, the so, diss track <laughs> well i mean the entire diss track was re- was written and recorded while it was post call i had this horrible like stint on internal medicine where i was on call every other day so i was pretty much just sleep deprived for an entire week oh my god um yeah it's it's rough they're 24 hour shifts and then i go home and i sleep and then i wake up and do the next one. Oh wow so that was the conditions of the, which the track was written and recorded and edited. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I made this track and the entire track was actually just the setup. Because I decided immediately when I realized I was going to be writing an Emerald diss track. Is that there wouldn't be a point in doing a diss track if I couldn't take away the only thing that this man has in speedrunning. 
And I had I started like collecting footage of him when he um started talking about the fact that he had the world record in Kabuki's a Clash, which is a mini game in Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. Mm-hmm. We talked about that uh, last time when Emerald was on. Oh, did you? We okay, did. so I don't have to go too much into detail here. But um, I, I quickly decided I'm going to go and I'm going to start grinding this game again. I'm going to take it. And I actually took it from him on stream. And it didn't leak. I had about like five people watching me, which is really, really rare for me to have that few. But it was because I was playing something else earlier that wasn't Sonic, so people weren't tuning in. Mm-hmm. So of like the five people that were watching, I'm like, guys, you can't leak this. This is going to be the end reveal at the diss track. I'm going to put it at the very end. And one of the funny then, parts is one of the five was Dawn, who is one of the mods for Emerald. So Dawn actually is the first person to know that I was even planning to do it. <laughs> Like he he knew before I even got the record that that was the reveal. So I didn't just get it by fluke. I said to Don, I am going to go and take the world record from Kabuki's A Clash, and then I'm going to make a diss track, and I'm going to put the reveal at the very end. And then right after I got it, first of all, I raided Emerald. <laughs> so he knew that I was playing the game, and I'm just like, fuck Kabuki's A Clash when I raided him. And um, so I he starts like talking about Kabuki's a clash that night and he goes, there's like a clip where it's actually in the diss track, <laughs> like where he's like talking about, Oh, I, I have the world record in Kabuki's a clash. It's my only claim to fame or something. And you just see me in the clip in the diss track, dropping a lull emote because at that point I'd already taken the record from him. So I thought it, I was just dying of laughter. <laughs> He didn't. He had no idea. Like he had, oh. he didn't have the record for like three weeks at this point before oh the reveal. Oh my god! Yeah, he. I had already had it for three weeks by the time he found out he lost it. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like once I got the record, I'm like, okay, now I can write the diss track um, and do the diss track because I already, I finally satisfied the prerequisite. So I quickly did the diss track while I was post call. Uh, the rest is history. Um, he was completely and utterly blindsided, despite me dropping hints about it for like a week and a half. Um, the rest of the diss track is actually incredibly tame. <laughs> I didn't go like super hard on it because I didn't have to. The entire point was this was a two or three minute setup to the punchline at the very end, which was that he actually does not have the record anymore. <laughs> oh my god! What what is the new world record for Comic Keys of Clash now? What is fifty point oh four? I was literally three frames, I believe, away from the first sub-50. Wow. Uh, and quick thing about that game. There's currently a minigame runner who's going for all the world records in all the Mario and Sonic minigames. It's uh, true. Yeah. So what do you do? You think that uh, your 50 will get bopped by him? Uh, or do you so, think Emerald, when he finally redeems his copy of Clash attempts, will take it back? So Yi is definitely pretty good. Like he's got a lot of really good times. His name is Yi three twelve. Um, he's pretty young, I think, but um, he's definitely he's come up with some new strats on his own. He's quickly gotten every world record in mini games that I don't have. I have three of them. He has everything else. Oh wow! Um, including the all mini games, he's trying to take Kabuki's a Clash from me. He tried and failed to take Treeside Rumble from me. Um, but could he do it? Technically, yes. The thing is, he's not going to get the Kabuki's a Clash record from me with by being better than me. He's going to get it by getting better RNG than me. That is the only thing. 
technically better RNG than me could bring it down to a high 47. That's what I've theorized. Oh, wow. Um, my run was one single missed input, I think, away from a 49. But um, yeah, he's going to like my RNG is actually just nearly perfect. So in order to get better than that, you're going to have to play it like thousands of times. Wow. That's crazy. Like mini game world records like they just seem so crazy with like how much for a lot of them like especially like copy keys of clash how rng based it is like it's basically a knuckles level yeah they're they're all pretty rng based in this game like all the ones i've played so i have uh kabuki's a clash which we're all familiar with i have treeside rumble which is basically you have to kill 50 enemies and you're largely impacted not so much by the spawn pattern but they have like these exploding ball things that they throw out every now and then and depending on when those get thrown out how many get thrown out and where and where they low like land um you might be able to hit one of them and it blows up the whole screen by triggering a second one ah so the rng of that is really going to determine if you get a good time in treeside rumble that's why my time is four seconds better than the rec the second place run and then there's Shibuya Scramble Search, which is literally where's Waldo. <laughs> and my my record gets four spawns directly in the middle where you start. Oh wow. So like good luck to anybody trying to beat that. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Wow. Okay. Uh was well, there anything else that you want to add about your blunt behavior, the diss track, or anything that we've just talked about? Okay, um, so I would say that if you get flamed by me in Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, you should consider yourself honored that you that I consider you good enough at the game to be worth flaming. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, when I eventually start running this game, because I will once I get my PC, uh, I do want to run this. Uh, I cannot wait to get flamed, sir. Yes, that'll mean that you're good enough that I consider you um, able to take that criticism. Well, thank you. I will not flame a new runner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, then. Moving on to our second topic. Um, mm -hmm. another, uh, games done quick. And uh, the reason we're talking about this is you've recently submitted a run for Summer Games Done Quick for this year. I have. So, yeah. So uh, for SGDQ 2021, it's an entirely online event because of the ongoing uh, coronavirus pandemic. This will be so, their third or second one that they're doing entirely online. Uh, I believe it's the third. Yeah, because I can't remember if Summer Games Done Quick got canceled. Yeah, SGDQ 2020 didn't happen. Yeah. But then they did like a fall event where they tested the digital, didn't they? Yeah. 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 I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I've submitted Dark Story New Game Plus, for which I am the current record holder. Yeah, what's that? What's the, the record time for New Game Plus? So, the record is, uh, the in-game time is a 21-13-23, if I remember correctly. That's really, that's, a, that's really um, good. The RTA, I know for sure, is 30 minutes, 0 seconds, and 0 0.08 centiseconds. Oh, wow. Like, I know this exactly because I know how many frames I missed the first sub-30 by. Wow. Drum and I are joke like we joked about the fact that sub 30 just can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of sat on a pause screen for a few seconds in final chase. So that's like what did it for me. But I mean, I wasn't thinking about the RTA. I was yeah. thinking about the IGT. Because yeah, IGT determines world record, uh, determines basically world record because it's after sub, was it sub hour with real time? So so it's sub fifty. Sub fifty. 
that being said i mean like you're I, i've never really thought about it for a new game plus run because you save like three yeah. minutes just by virtue of having emblems already yeah oh yeah that's who you are yeah you don't even have to i go guess through, two minutes yeah. actually i forgot yeah i'm like oh yeah you don't even go through emblem loading screens on new game plus because you don't need to yeah, I completely forget. I completely forget about that because like, oh yeah, it's new game plus. You just have all the upgrades. Oh yeah, you also don't need to look at the emblems. That's a, that's a big time saver. Yeah, right it's, there. Uh, it's quite a bit quicker. Yeah. Um, so submitting that. So um, this walk us through the submission process if you so, would. Okay, so I mean, technically, you can. I could have just submitted my uh, world record, um, and that wouldn't have been incorrect to do. That being said. I'm sure that it's probably not the most professional video. I wasn't planning to submit it to a GDQ. So they say, you know, no profanity, no vulgar language. And I mean, just no, I didn't even watch the video. I'm just like, yeah, okay, probably in the first like five seconds, I'm already swearing. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to record one video live. It's going to show them actually what they can expect in a marathon. So ultimately I lose like, I don't know, uh, just over a minute, I think to my PB. But I'm way under my estimate, which is 35 minutes. It took me 31. Nice. And um, I I just tried to, you know, commentate everything like I would at a real GDQ to show them just what the run's going to be like. Obviously, I'll have commentators with me. And I didn't for the submission. So I did the whole thing myself. Tried to have as little dead air as I could. Just, you know, talking all the time. Anytime where I got quiet, I'm like, all right, there's going to be a commentator here talking while I'm sitting in focus mode. But um. Yeah, I basically, I, I recorded the run. It was a, a good enough run that I'm happy letting them see it. It has all the new strats that um, have never been seen before at GDQ. So it's got, you know, Iron Gate Skip. that's never been done in a marathon ever. It's got Fling Skip that's never been done in a marathon ever. And we have the King of Fling doing it right here as well. We do. <laughs> they do call me that. Um, especially me. I call myself that. <laughs> and uh, they. it also has Swiss Cheese that has never been done at GDQ. Swiss it Cheese? It hasn't been done in a marathon. Yeah. Okay. What is Swiss cheese? I know the other. I know IG skip. I know fling oh, skip. I don't okay. know Swiss so, cheese. So in my VOD, I actually give a three-minute history of Cosmic Wall while I'm sitting and flying to the goal ring. Oh my god. <laughs> um, because I'm you're just holding forward. Yeah. For two and a half minutes. But um, so Swiss cheese is basically um the skip in Cosmic Wall. There's Cosmic Wall skip CWS. Uh huh. They found a way to skip it. Cosmic Wall skip skip. Uh -huh. Or Swiss or Tower skip. Okay. And then Ethmar discovered uh, a way to skip Swiss, which he called Swiss cheese. You kind of go through a hole in the ceiling, so uh, it makes sense. Okay. It was revealed during the grand finals of a Dark Story tournament uh, by Dage and Ethmar, oh. and none of us knew it was coming. Wow. It's actually a pretty legendary clip. Dang, I'll have to go find that clip. That sounds dope. It's it's unreal. I'll send it to you later. Uh, Seraphim and Tommy were commentating, and they were the third and fourth place runs in dark story at the time of that so we had first and second doing the race and third and fourth i think oh wow so base, basically the four best the four best or maybe the they might have been third and or they might have been fourth and fifth i can't remember where aura was on the leaderboard at that point in time but anyway it's a really good clip Dang. seraphim just loses it <laughs> wow that's dope um so yeah so now you've submitted it uh-huh. So I've submitted it. I, I sat and I crafted the description of the run, trying to make it the best run, like the best description of why SA2, a game that's been at GDQ like five times, why it should be back again. Hasn't been there since 2018. Dark hasn't been there since 2017. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Let's tell them why. This is a different category. It's a faster category. You have upgrades, so you play the game differently. 
And then I'm just like, here's a timestamp of the, the skip, the new skip that broke the leaderboard and has never been done in a marathon. Here's the timestamp. Go watch. I know they're not going to watch a 30 minute video. They have too many submissions. There's like 542 right now or something. Oh, wow. Just watch fling skip. It's 37 seconds of your time. You will see why this run is now what it's become. Why am I sitting at the top of the leaderboard? What happened? And have you used <laughs> um, your leverage of being a physician uh, to your advantage in your submission as well? With, uh, so... <laughs> with a big thing with them is like the charities that they do is like what is Children Without Borders. And... So, so um, yes. <laughs> so I don't I don't be I'm not like I, I'm hey, guys, I'm a doctor or whatever. Right. Because it's too hard to really fit that in. But, um, oh gosh, let me see if I can pull it up. So they have like a spot. Um, and it's like, um, what is your availability? So I'm like, okay, my, in terms of my availability, it's very variable depending on if I'm on call at the hospital. <laughs> just like, you know, casually throwing that casually in Casually throwing it and in. And then I just don't elaborate on it any further. Like if they click any of my social media, they'll see it. They'll see what I mean, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure because I feel like I give them a literal narrative for free if they accept me to their event. Because there's probably not too many doctor speedrunners, but yeah, that's up to them. I'm not going to sell it any more than I already have. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, what are your thoughts on GDQ just in general, like of the overall events and how they are? Uh, so obviously... If you go to my Twitter, <laughs> uh, you'll see that I usually tweet my opinion on the game list. And I I am biased because if the Sonic block is bad, I'm automatically going to think that the entire event list is bad. But um, I do think that they've really favored having weird games or weird categories that they've never seen before. And I think that takes away from it a little bit because there's certain games that are very popular, certain runs that are very popular or runners that are very popular that people want to see. Yeah. Like, do we want to see Metroid for the 10th time? Yes, we actually do. We want to see if the animals are saved or killed. That's just a GDQ staple. It should pretty much always be on the final day. And I would be okay with that if that's just at the event forever. It's a great run. It's a fan favorite. Why would you not put it in? But instead, they have to have, you know, random insert game here that no one's ever heard of uh, because it's their turn or something. And um, I mean, maybe there's merit in that. There's obviously a lot of really highly technical games that no one's heard of. And maybe it's a really good run. I don't know. It just doesn't get me as interested straight up. Fair enough. So that, that'll be why I'll often say that the game list is bad. Um, it'll be because I just there's games that I I'm not personally interested in. I, I, I do watch them. Like I've been adamantly and pretty religiously watching GDQ since about 2013. So <laughs> I've been watching for a while and certainly since 2015, I don't think I've ever missed a GDQ and I usually watch it at least 80% of it. Oh, wow. I, I, I just leave it on. So, okay. Fair, fair enough. Uh, I, I, like during med school, I just would have it on nonstop. <laughs> wow. Yeah, for for me, it's always tricky to catch it live because I'm. I was thinking I was mostly in school like during those times, and uh, this past year, 
I think I just like I'm like oh what is GDQ and when I looked at it I'm like oh I missed it dang and so it was just me not following it dang. because and so I, n- I never get surprised by when GDQ is because I definitely look forward yeah, to it like this I think this is like the first time where I'm like on the ball of like okay I'm like following like every like most of the announcements for this year because I'm like I'm kind of hoping that you get in so I can watch it live and watch you do the run live so yeah I'm really hopeful that I can just put forth the the best show that they can see for why se2 is still a great game yeah i'm hopeful that i can like you know encourage new runners to come into the community see that see just me playing the game fast having a good time with my co-commentators i'm gonna stack it and just have a a group of people roasting me the whole time so uh, on the topic of commentators who are you hope if you do get in who are you getting for your commentators so i've already kind of voluntold gurp that he's gonna be in there (laughs) so he doesn't even have a choice in the matter i told him that he's going to be doing commentary um i'm gonna try and get drum in there for multiple reasons one he's the guy i took the record from and B, I can't think of anybody who would better be able to explain peace generation and various intricacies of the run than he than like he could. Uh-huh. And my third one, if I can get three, I'm going to get Aura in there. Um, Aura is the entire reason I even play Dark Story. And I think that he'll just be sitting and roasting me, too. So it'll be a good time. <laughs> All three of them will just roast me. A good time of just, just some flaming se- flame sessions right there. Well, yeah, I mean, what like what what's the point in flaming other runners if I can't get flamed myself? Exactly. I mean, I don't say anything that I can't take. Obviously, if I'm super tilted one night, I might not take it super well. But <laughs> in general, I can take out I can take anything that I dish out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's good that's good to have that's good to have definitely uh i think last question i've got uh what are some of your uh favorite runs that you've watched at gdq uh so so i i don't know if i can necessarily answer that because you because i've got my top yes, five yes we do have a top five up, so, if, so if most I... of them are in your top five then we'll move on to the top five uh very shortly then okay yes so they are <laughs> so i would say Four of the five happened at GDQ. Oh, wow. Okay, then. So we'll get to that shortly. I'll just go over mine because, like, uh, I remember this past one and last, the past GDQ that I watched. Uh, that's where I discovered Blue because uh, I watched his Toadstool tour uh, run. Like Blue Candy? Yeah, Blue Candy. Ah. Like, that one was, that was really cool to watch, especially because I haven't played Toadstool tour since, like, since I was a kid, really. Um, I always like watching the Monkey Ball runs because those are really dope to watch. And they had a Yakuza Kiwami 2 run. Uh, I think it was like, yeah, the last, the the most recent one. Hmm. And, I, I guess like I can include a few that aren't in my top five. Yeah. So I've watched, I watched every single SA2 at GDQ live uh, before I was even a runner of the game because I have always liked the game. So I caught every single one. Um, so I saw the Talon one, I saw the Seraphim ones, I saw the Seraphim mustache race, etc. Uh, yeah, I I, I've caught, like, I think I've caught all of them too. I, I remember watching a few um, couple of Talons just in the VODs. Other really good ones, and you just gotta make sure I avoid the ones that are in my top five. Um, so there was a Pokemon run by Kizaron. Um, so this one, he managed to make like a four hour run, super entertaining, and they raised so much money, um, by getting chat to donate um a number the number of dollars equivalent to their favorite pokemon number <laughs> that's pretty that's that's dope it was 
huge. Um, but he was his antics and with the couch were just insane. Um, so that one gets into my top for sure. Not in my top five moments in speedrunning necessarily, but definitely one of my top runs at a GDQ. Nice. Um, Splatoon 2 Octo Expansion by Tones Balones was an absolutely phenomenal speedrun, especially watching him floss for like six minutes straight. <laughs> there's an un- there's a six oh, minute wait. unskippable cutscene, and so he flossed the entire I time. I think I've seen that one. Oh my god! Yeah, it, it was it was good. I, if I did see the, I think I saw it in like the highlight reel of for the Viet year. I remember that. I I bet you would have. I remember that. <laughs> um, oh my there god! There was uh, a really good. Um, Ocarina of Time run by ZFG. I enjoyed watching that one, uh, just because ZFG is insane at the game. Uh, oh boy, I'm trying to think what else really jumps out at me. Um, there was a recent one actually. This was at the most recent GDQ by Argic. Um, he was playing um Sonic Mania, and I think he's the only Sonic speedrunner I think on the entire planet. Who can commentate his own run faster than Sonic can run. Oh my god. It is actually amazing to watch this thing happen in real time. Like he's actually so good at it. He's just talking a mile a minute. Sonic's running at a mile a minute. (laughs) You put the two together. I have no idea what's even happening anymore. But I'm having so much fun watching and listening to it. Dang. So I'm I'm putting any run by him in there. Nice. All right. Highly recommend. There's my list. All right. Uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got another list coming. <laughs> well, with that, I think that wraps up that. It's time to move on to the bonus level. Now accessing the bonus level. And at the top of the bonus level is top five and top five moments in speedrunning. Let's hear that list. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start from five and move my way up to the top moment in speedrunning. So these are my top moments in speedrunning. Not necessarily the top five moments in speedrunning, but coming in at number five is absolutely, I can't not put this one on the list because this is definitely a top moment for me when I got on December 28th, 2020, the Dark Story New Game Plus speedrun after about 3,100 attempts. That's a lot of attempts. That's actually not as many attempts. Of like, <laughs> it's a- not as many as you might yeah. think because it already knew how to play the game. And a lot of those attempts are also me resetting for the skip at the beginning. There was definitely a period about two weeks prior where I had just started using it. And it would take me like sometimes 20 to 30 minutes to get a run. And it's like 20 seconds in. So like attempt counter really flies up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it was a big it was a big moment for me for sure because I I was trying so hard to get it. Um, every time I would get a run out of security hall, I could just see my view count just spike up because people knew that like, if I'm ever ahead of security hall, this is world record pace. Yeah. Uh, so definitely getting it was, was a, a pretty big moment for me, but, uh, that's kind of the end of me tooting my own horn. <laughs> so coming in at number four for me is a run of freedom planet by Fladervi at SGDQ 2017. And the reason for this run being so good for me has nothing to do with the run, has nothing to do with the runner, has entirely everything to do with the couch. So there was commentary by a guy called Succinct Succinct and Punchy, um, who, fun fact, used to be Draco Dan's roommate. Um, So they're both they're both from England. He lived with Draco for a while. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) kind of random fact. But uh, he was giving some of the best commentary I think I've ever heard at a run. He managed to make me so interested for like 40 minutes in a game I've never even heard of. Um, I have now and I've played it and it's a great game. Okay. 
but his commentary was so good. And I think it was, he was basically the only one talking because the runner doesn't speak super good English. Uh, okay. So he kind of asked, um, succinct and punchy to just, um, I think he just goes by punchy actually to just kind of do the commentary for him. And it's another, it's like a Sonic clone sort of. Oh, oh, I so see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fast game. I, yeah. It's a very fast game and he's talking just as fast as the game. This man never missed a beat. Despite a million things happening at once, this guy is somehow talking faster than that. And, uh, I mean, it was just a great run. Nice. Um, the next two are kind of in probably every cringe compilation ever seen for a GDQ. But the next one is also from SGDQ 2017. Oh. And it's the run of Mirror's Edge by Black Belt Ginja Ninja. And the reason that this one is so famous is because Dr. T-Chops on the couch, they had a little bit of a... Apparently this was pre-planned, but basically... Um, Ginja Ninja, um, he was doing, um, a glitchless run of Mirror's Edge. So at the beginning, he goes over what glitchless really means. It's not really glitchless. It's more no major glitches because he, he says, you know, here's everything that's banned. And if it's not on this list, it's fair game. So it's kind of like restricted in Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Okay. So Dr. T-Chops, every time he does something that looks like a glitch, he's like, is that a glitch? And he just keeps doing it. And he's like calling him out. He's like, is this really a glitchless run? And the runner's just like, don't worry about it. Just like nonstop. And it goes on for like 30 minutes. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's not that funny. And then it just progressively gets more and more funny because they just won't let this stupid joke die. (laughs) So it's just like so brutal. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. I just, I really love watching it. I can, I can go back to this run anytime and I'm still losing it. Just seeing like the, this runner, the, his facial expressions every time there's something that's a glitch. My God. Like, they literally, I think they like go out of bounds and he's like, are you sure that's not a glitch? And he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> they like skip a cutscene, and he's like, that's a glitch, dude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, the next one is even more cringe, but it's from SGDQ 2014. It's a run of Tomba 2 by Caveman DCJ. And the reason this run is hilarious is there's this guy, Chibi, who sits down on the couch next to Caveman. They've never even met. And he's on the couch at GDQ for Caveman's run, and he's got a mic, and he just will not shut up. And um, <laughs> Caveman just keeps like staring at him. It's just like one of the most awkward things ever because he just keeps saying stupid things. Um, eventually, Caveman's like, I would really appreciate it if you would just stop talking. And so so Chibi, or Green Shirt Guy, um, as the donators started referring to him as, stopped talking. And then the donators are like, can you please let Green Sweater Guy or Green Shirt Guy start talking again? <laughs> he's just sitting there like awkwardly on the couch. Like he's still on the couch. Eventually, somebody's like, Here's ten dollars, and I'll donate like an extra fifty dollars if Green Sweater Guy will do ten jumping jacks. So Caveman is just like, "All right, guys, here's the most interesting part of the game," and you just see Chibi doing ten jumping jacks, <laughs> completely overshadowing everything that's happening. And he's just like, "Okay," and and clearly this is happening right now. Oh my god! And eventually, I think at one point, Caveman's like to him, "Thanks, guy. I don't know." Uh, it's just, yeah, it's it's so cringe. You'll find it on every single cringe compilation ever done in a GDQ. Oh, God. Um, Early day GDQ is definitely so much more 
yeah there's there's another one my my top moment in speedrunning actually is on the same day as another one of the most cringe moments to ever happen at a gdq this is at agdq 2013 but this is not the moment that i picked um it was it happened during a an ocarina of time i think 100 percent run by like a runner guy or something and there was this person who um started talking about why she was knitting and saying like a sob story like her grandmother has cancer she might have breast cancer um, and she's like, she goes to the run. She's like, can you stop for a second there? Like he's in the middle of a run at a GDQ and she tells him to stop so she can tell her story. It's bad. It's cringe. Uh... Uh, you just don't do that. Like you're not even supposed to talk if you're not on the couch. But anyway, my number one moment in speedrunning, and this is probably the thing that really got me into speedrunning in the first place. It's probably the greatest, I think, most legendary run probably ever done at a GDQ. But this is Ocarina of Time, any percent by then Cosmo Wright. Now Narcissa right at AGDQ 2013. This this person managed to tell the entire history of Ocarina of Time speedrunning in 22 minutes while performing a run that was then absolutely disgusting. I'd never seen anything like it, where he wrong warped to the ending pretty much. As Child Link, he wrong warped into a cutscene where Ganondorf just dies. Because, I mean, you walked out of Ganon's tower. Surely he must be dead. Wow. He just dies. Um, plays, you know, the Ganon fight. And uh, Ganon, normally in the fight, knocks away your Master Sword. So despite him never getting a Master Sword, uh, he got it knocked away and he went and picked it up as Child Link. And was able to, to beat the boss. But, uh, I mean, it's not so much the amazing gameplay that did it for me, but it was the fact that he was able to do that while giving an amazing commentary on the whole history of the game and like i wasn't super big on speedrunning in 2013 but this was one of the ones that i watched i don't think i watched this one live actually but it had a pretty lasting impact for me it really is kind of the blueprint for what a great run at gdq should be and uh that's my number one moment in speedrunning for sure still to this day and i don't think anything's gonna top it dang that's that's pretty good those are really really good that's I definitely want to check out some of those runs and some of those cringe moments. Just load up a good cringe compilation of GDQ because there's a lot of them. <laughs> you will find those for sure in every compilation. I think one of the I know that one of like the ones that I just that always sticks out in my mind is they're doing the run and then they have a donation come in and it's like, hey guy, is like I'm doing this because like my grandma or something got cancer and it's like right when the guy gets the skip and everyone starts applauding. Yeah, I uh in my marathon run that I did, my only other marathon I've done, um <laughs> they started like giving a speech about like the charity or something right as I hit sand walking, so I never got to explain the trick and why I was just floating and walking in midair. So I guess the viewers just had to kind of figure it out. So he talked about the 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 charity we were donating to, and I'm like, okay, well I can't I have to let him talk. Yeah. This is important. And then he finally finishes and I'm just like, Oh yeah, by the way, guys, that was a frame perfect trick. As I'm like pretty much at the end of the level at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah. (laughs) Timing and speed runs and that. It's just so well. Well, that's this week's top five. Uh, Moving on to this week in gaming history from April 12th to April 18th. Here's what happened in the past. On the 12th in 1994, Acclaim released Mortal Kombat 2 on the Sega 32X. On April 13th in 1992, A Link to the Past was released on the SNES in North America. 
that makes the game 29 years old. Yeah. Next year, 30 years old. So that's going to be, that's dope. So maybe we might see a remake of Link to the Past next year or like a HD remaster as we get so many of those nowadays. Uh, On the 14th in 2001, Nintendo released Animal Forest on the N64 in Japan, the original uh, Animal Crossing game that was Japan exclusive. On the 15th in 1999, Sega announced the Dreamcast release date for September 9th and began the 100 million marketing campaign for the console. On the 16th in 1990, Nintendo issued four copyright infringement suits in North America against retailers and distributors accused of selling counterfeit video game cartridges. (laughs) Yep, the 90s, man, what a wild time. Uh, On the 17th, Postal 2 was released on the Windows in the UK and parts of Europe. And on the 18th in 2006, Brain Age was released in North America for the Nintendo DS. Any of those trigger any memories, Sethic? Um, So A Link to the Past is probably one of the first games I can really remember playing. Um, it is one of my favorite games of all time, for sure. I definitely am a big fan of A Link to the Past Rando, and I've dabbled in the art myself. Um, I'm not great at Link to the Past Rando. It usually takes me about two and a half to three hours or more to finish. But uh, I think it's pretty fun. I enjoy the routing of it. And I mean, I have played a little bit of the um, A Link to the Past, just vanilla. I watch a lot of speedruns of the vanilla one as well. Um, there's a runner who um, is a pretty controversial in that community, actually, but undisputedly the best at the game. And I watch him a lot. Uh, so yeah, I'm a big fan of Link to the Past. Nice, nice. I, I th- I've, I think I played a little bit because uh, I think I had it on my Wii Virtual Console, or one of one of my Virtual Consoles. So I played it a little bit, but I never f- actually got to finish it because I just got bombarded with other games that I played. But it was a good time when I did t- uh, play it for that brief time. Uh, the achievement of the week this week is what a slog in Oddworld Soulstorm, which is to outrun a slog for at least 15 seconds. Now, what is a slog? I don't even know, but you'll find out if you play the game. Okay. Uh, and the game to look out for for what's coming out, uh, I've given it to Saga Frontier Remastered because at least I know what that game kind of is because they kind of made a big deal of it in the Nintendo Direct. So go check that out. And here is this week's chicken update. This is the chicken report. Thanks for the update, Mike. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Savic. No problem. Thank you for having me. Where can we find you on the internet? Well, you can find me in a few places. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Savic00. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Savic Gaming. My YouTube channel is also Savic Gaming can find me at any of those locations or you can find me trolling flaming criticizing whatever you want to call it in an sa2 speedrun twitch chat <laughs> excellent and of course you can find me over on twitch and instagram at tony's game lounge on twitter at radio tony and on tiktok at tony's game lounge as well 
Thank you once again, Savik. It was a blast uh, to talk with you today. It was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And thank you for listening to this week. We will see you next week for a very super special one-year anniversary and our 50th episode next week right here in the Game Lounge. Thank you for listening to Tony's Game Lounge. You can find all social media links in the episode description. Be sure to follow the podcast on your streaming platform for new episodes and follow Tony's Game Lounge on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch for weekly updates.